Warning, Serious Business is a podcast about Homestuck. Hear me out. I can explain how this isn't furry bullshit. I don't know if you remember all the way back to episode zero, but I'm pretty sure in it at some point you were talking about Jack Noir, your sister's cat. My sister's cat, yeah. Um, and I remember, I like, I don't know if I said it at that point or at a point since, but I was like, I'm pretty sure Jack Noir is more of a dog person than a cat person. Uh, um, uh-huh. wow. just cause I like sneaking in jokes for people who know spoilers. Fucking piece of shit. Nice. No, that's good. I'm pretty good. That is I just good. wanted you to appreciate that. I'm going to rib you for one. it, but that is very, very I good. I probably deserve ribbing for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. but it is also very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hello, and welcome to Serious Business, a podcast where we're talking about Homestuck still. Uh, my name is Sam, my pronouns are he and him, and the Homestuck character I would least like to see in my dreams is Lil Cal. Oh, that's a good one. Hello, my name is Samaria, uh, call me Sam, you can call me Ari. My pronouns are they, them, and god damn it i have to deal with riska too much already in the waking world if she started showing up in my dreams i would be viscerally upset and i'm bastion my pronouns are he and they and if i ever saw hide or hair of a smuppet in any of my dreams i (laughs) would simply die fair enough uh this week we read pages 3178 through 3300 of act five of act two of homestuck uh you know officially entering what i like to think of as arc two of this act uh murder stuck (laughs) kind of we're kind of in murder stuck not quite i I mean there have been plenty of murders there was a murder Oh, good, more murders are coming more murders are coming yeah all right all right fun yeah so we started off uh getting our like what i think of as like the red string clock um, and we we ended with uh, S Wake, which uh's got got a megalovania on it. Sure does. Sam, you got any first impressions? Well, this section. <laughs> Sam, um, noted Tavros lover on this podcast. Do you have yeah. any first impressions? <laughs> I still don't like Riska. Um. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't I feel like I've said everything that I've said. It, it, it just the story keeps playing the same notes of Vriska's a cool badass, Tavros gets his ass kicked. And I thought at first because usually there's a bit of a twist to this kind of a thing. Um I mean there is the abject cruelty and then there's a little something. And so I thought, "Oh, like I don't know, maybe is quest beds down there somewhere and then no he was just dead and i was like wow okay fuck there is no redeeming this section especially has um a lot of moments of just trauma like like we we see like terezi crying over like dead dave obviously dead jade gets brought back to life and is then just like everything sucks and then, like, um, like Jade talking to Dave and being like, do you want to talk about your brother dying? Like, that's awful. Like, it, it, we'll, we'll, we'll dip into some of that. But, like, this, this section was just like, oh, wow, okay. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. And it only got more yikes as it went along. Sure did. Yeah, noted Tavros lover and Gamzee fool who we got that little 
blurred oh, over yeah. too. So mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't realize Gamzee was the most important character in Homestuck? <laughs> Surprise. Well, well, well. Oh, there's at least four layers to that joke. Um, Here I thought he was just a cool dude vibing. He is. And that was why he I is. loved him. Mm. <laughs> he sure is. Cool dudes can be doing extrajudicial murders. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that he did any murder. He's just got blood on his face. Maybe uh-huh. people were murdered near him. Sure. That's his blood. Maybe people tried to murder him. Anyways. Uh, oh, yeah, that was my other idea. Is uh, There's a bullseye joke in there somewhere. The bullseye was in Tavros's chest all along. Um, oh, oh. Plus, oh. he says that one in the commentary. That's not me. Fucking no. Christ. God, this fucking narrative. Anyways. <laughs> uh, starting off this section, we see a countdown clock, uh, which we don't really know what it's counting down to, other than like there's that big scratchy rift thing at the top of the troll's timeline. We get everything sort of recontextualized to that. So at uh, 10 hours and 25 minutes, 10.25, uh, we see Jack has entered the trolls session and the, the trolls flee to the veil. Four hours later um, is the destruction of Prospit, which is also, remember, when Terezi gets the transmission from Dave and Kanaya chops off Taros's legs. An hour later, Karkat wakes up, learns about the humans, and decides to give his big speech, um, which we've, you know, we, we see all that. We've seen all that before. Mm-hmm. Um at uh, four hours and 14 minutes, which is one minute before uh, when we know that Durst is destroyed, uh, Feferi and Nepeta are dreaming of Durst, and Aradia and Solix have a final conversation, and they hug before Aradia bot explodes. Fuck. It's a cute conversation about, it like, is a cute from, like, people who, like, used to care about each other and are now still friends. Yeah. It's kind of like heartbreaking and difficult because like Solix is clearly like he's not quite sure how to handle the situation which is like understandable since you know yeah his his ex-girlfriend is dead also robot and is now maybe dying again and so he he's not quite sure how to handle this whole situation but like he still really like he does care in in a way and it's I don't know it's sad there's a lot of sad in this section. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a good sad stuck bit, which is actually what people called these. Yeah, sad stuck was an interesting adjective. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like how I would define it because it was like it was pretty nebulous. Like sad yeah. stuck described like parts of the comic. It described like any sort of fan work that was like leaned into like the tragedy. Um, but it's also like emotion like the characters are feeling emotions pertaining to the tragedy yeah when the homestuck is sad when homestuck is sad that's sad stuck basically when homestuck is sad that's sad stuck (laughs) it's a when the homestuck is sad and it makes you feel bad that's that's sad stuff. <laughs> when the homestuck is sad and it makes you feel bad. That's a sad stuff. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah, I started that too low. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was pretty low. Uh, Aradia does have the line in this conversation. Uh, if I see you later, it probably won't be with your eyes, which is a little weird. Um, 
but also a lot of the things Arati is saying in this conversation is weird because she seems to know she's about to explode. Yep. We'll get to the end of why this happens in this section, but uh, Arati explodes at the same time Durst is destroyed. So just file that away for in a while when we get back to that. Uh, An hour-ish later, so like, oh yeah, it's at uh, 3.14 on the countdown clock. Uh, the doomed Dave, who Dave refused to like kill on his quest bed, messages Terezi. He wakes up and gets off the bed, and Terezi like responds with a sad face. Uh, and then Beck Noir teleports in and immediately kills him. Uh, and Terezi cries. Yeah, he he responds. He says like, "Well, that was pointless. Now what? Hello, Terezi. What's going on?" Like, and, and she just gives an angry face, and then he is immediately killed. And then it's a hard cut to Terezi watching it happen, and she she's just not moving, and you just see tears coming out from behind her sunglasses, and it's fucking sad. Yeah, and she uh, runs off into the meteor. Yeah, Carcat tries to comfort her, and it, it does not. But I don't go. know that Carcat does try to comfort her, because he does walk up and just poke her face. Like... I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird reaction. It's a weird what, reaction, but 13? also like they're thirteen, they're exactly. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, and this is Car Cat. He's not gonna be like, hey, this is true. Emotional vulnerability time. We see him kind of try later this section, and it's very weird. Not, yeah, I like it. Um, Hussey in the commentary here makes a reference to the prestige with the dead Dave, like. Terezi has oh. done a duplication and there's a dead Dave as a result, which, like, eh, it doesn't sure. really land. I mean, kind of. Uh, that's sort of the thing with the prestige. Yeah. David Bowie was in it. Yeah, he was. Rest he was in Tesla. peace, King. Oh. Rest in peace to that King, too. Who are you rest in peacing to? Dave. Tesla and Bowie. Oh, okay. And Dave. <laughs> and the Dave. Three yeah. <laughs> the three Kings. The three Kings who brought gifts to baby Jesus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> One brought Nikola Tesla, the other brought Dave Strider. (laughs) The other brought amazing music from the seventies, and the other brought a sword cut in half. This is a prime example of why children should not be allowed to wield broken swords. (laughs) Uh, There's also the difference between Terezi and Vriska here, right? Like. Vriska would have seen that this Dave is about to happen, know it's about to happen, decide to become responsible for it, right? Whereas mm-hmm. Terezi very much like sort of guided Dave into this moment and was trying to like walk him through making the hard choice or like right like this this scene recontextualizes that whole conversation with Terezi and Dave that we saw before. And uh Terezi is very much like she knew this death was gonna happen, right? She's probably seen it before. But, like, Terezi in that conversation is really then, like, putting on some bravado for Dave to try to get him to, to knock himself off, right? Like, uh, Then we turn to uh, Jade, who's using her CompuSooth specs um, to look around the kid's session, um, continuing her uh, streak of being very seer-y and not especially witchy. Yeah. The difference is now that she is looking around in space. So moving into alignment with her 
aspects. Uh, she's no longer time associated with the clouds of Skya, but sort of seeing around what her friends are up to. Um, yeah. First is John. Uh, not much happens there. John apparently doesn't have his computers on him now. Uh, what a fool. We do get the line I think about a lot in this, which is um, he should try to have more foresight and carry no less than five computers on him at all times, like a sensible person, which like, I think about that line a lot because I'm sure it was written as like poking fun of people when it was written. But now it's like, yeah, people have their phone and their Apple Watch and probably their computer in their backpack, right? Like, well, because Jade just had. Well, yeah. And because Jade has like 12. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm sure it's, you know, both of like. Because Jade is a CIA plant. Who wants to ensure that they have enough <laughs> tracking data on you at all times? Jade works for the NSA. She's you know she's a part of that constant surveillance, man. She's tapping your phones. She's using your camera. She's literally spying right now. It's surveillance yes. state. <laughs> Skya is a surveillance state. I mean, Skya in that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, surveillance capitalism, I guess. I mean, do not those two not go hand in hand? Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so she she moves from looking at John to look at Rose, who's sitting on uh the lava planet, the uh, Dave's planet. Um, she's what's it called? What's it called? Land of Heat and Clockwork. Yeah, clockwork you got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the fucking lava planet. Whatever, man. Sure. They have long names. I don't want to say them every time. Lava World from Mario. <laughs> yeah, it's Shark Boy and Lava, lava World. Lava World. <laughs> <laughs> They're crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so she she sees that Rose is there, um, and then she moves to look at Dave, and she's well, like, "Oh wow." Who is Rose talking to? Uh, scratch. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's probably fine. Probably what could possibly go that. wrong? He's just like a friendly human uncle, you know. Jade yeah, is very sure. resilient when it comes to nefarious influences. Mm-hmm. This is true. So then she starts looking at Dave, and there are currently 13 Daves scattered around the world. And... Wow, that's a lot of Daves. It's very fun because she's, you see, like, in the reflection of her glasses, all the gajillion Daves. There's something very delightful about this image that I just really enjoy. They're all in their goofy costumes. They're all wearing different clothes. They're all wearing different clothes so you can tell them all apart. And then she's like, oh, I should probably check out Dave Spray. And then she goes to look at Dave Spray. And, um, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Would you look at all that blood? <laughs> Dave Sprite's dead, and so is Bro. So, you know. And then uh, one of the Daves dies. It's the felt one we saw. Yeah. And then Jade's like, "Oh no, Dave! I need to tell you, you died." And he's like, and he's like cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it." Oh uh, no, it's that's whatever, normal. Man. This is fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, no, that happens. I'm definitely not affected by this in any way. This conversation gets a lot into like the Dave Bro relationship. Mm-hmm. It sure is a weird one. Um, apparently, at some point, Dave saw Bro's body, and he thought about taking the sword because it was there, stabbed through, uh, you know, stabbed through Bro's chest. Uh, mm-hmm. But he couldn't. He 
couldn't really bring himself to try to pull it out. It was too weird. Which, like, well, yeah, but also, Dave, you wouldn't draw a sword from anything. Like, once again, the refusal of the call. I mean, yeah, if Dave tried to draw a sword, it would probably break. And as well as, like, I, I mean, I know they're in a very specific circumstance of in a video game with a relationship that has a lot of animosity in it. But, like, if I saw my siblings with a sword through their chests, my first thought would not be to take the sword out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Obviously, they they have, like, a difficult relationship, but I I don't think... Dave is obviously, like, fronting a lot here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave's like, I'm too cool to have emotions. Doesn't Jade even say, like, oh, you know, you're no longer too cool to not have a dead parent? Yeah, she does. (laughs) Which is, like, what a thing to say. Bit of a dick thing to say, Jade. I mean, but, like, with Dave, he doesn't respond well to her sincerity. So, like, you know, making a little bit of fun is true. more accurate to interacting with Dave. Although he he does kind of you, you respond to some of it where she's like, you know, we should like talk about this. And it's like, nah, it's fine. Yeah. He also, um, Dave mentions Rose's suicide plan uh, yeah. in this conversation, which Hussey in the commentary talks about how like, well, you know, Dave's talking about this traumatic event and then he brings up the suicide plan immediately after. So maybe you can infer he's not doing too hot. Not too good. No. He's, uh, I worry for these children. Yeah, which is like an interesting, you know, like Dave was not on board 100% with the crazy suicide plan. Yeah, and now... Now it's the plan, and he's going with it. Uh, and Jade is like, mm, that that sounds dumb. It, she She's trying to get Dave to help her come up with a plan to defeat Jack. And he's kind of just like, nah, not really. You think about stuff. I'm going to try to do this fucking crazy ass thing you'll be on your own for a while okay bye the the conversation does end with like you know because jade's like not really sure what to do and dave's like i mean you're gonna do what you're gonna do i'm not gonna try to tell you what that is so whatever's next is up to you and if later you want to talk about it i'm here like he he does they do end on this yeah. very sincere note that i do really like and in my notes i did write oh they're friends and i love it yeah these kids are friends. It's good. These kids are friends. I like it a lot. Um, from there, Jade reconsiders Tavros's offer about sending Beck to go fight Jack. Um, and she sends Tavros a message that Tavros never sees to our knowledge. Yep. He's passed out after having knocked himself out falling downstairs. Is he passed out or is he just struggling to get up? Yeah, because yeah, he says he's, he's passed out. In the but like, oh, okay. Yeah, what we see is like the Alternia Bound video game animation where he's mm-hmm. at the bottom of the stairs from where he fell, wiggling. It looked like to me he was trying to get up and he just can't yeah. because he can't fucking figure out the legs. Yeah, it's also right like, man, if Tavros had seen this message and done things, things would maybe turn out different for Tavros. But also, like, part of my frustration with this section. That Hussey refuses to talk about Tavros in the author's commentary, except to put him down. Uh, wow, much who like could the have narrative guessed? of Homestuck. I which, hate like, this. I hate it a lot. Yeah. It's 
just frustrating. Like, I don't know. I feel like you don't need an arthurial punching bag. So, like, what is the point? I mean, I guess, obviously, we haven't finished the narrative, so I'm sure there's something maybe along the way. But it's like, what is the point of this character if all you are going to do is belittle them? And I, I'm sure there will be something later down the line. It's like, oh, look, he's cool now. He did a thing. But, like, that doesn't make what's happening now feel better. This still fucking sucks. But I, I also think that, like, potential is Tavros's like, key narrative theme. Yes. And so, as readers, we're expecting the fulfillment of that potential. Right. I guess, but I don't even want that like, right because that's also a thing that Vriska like talks about about pages at some point is like they are full of potential if they reach the higher levels and then they have like a whole bunch of power if they like mm. do that Tavros has not done that no but Tavros we can see is like starting to develop the mindset with which he could do that right like we are seeing Tavros Tavros is making hero moves he's trying to He's trying to. Tavros has realized that his enemy is Vriska Mm -hmm. and is starting to do things about it. Yeah. So we'll come back to this. Yeah. We will come back to this. Anyways. (laughs) Jade decides she can't wait around for Tavros to respond and takes this plan into her own hands, literally by second tier prototyping Beck Sprite with her dead dream self. Sure does. Uh, sure does. Sorry, Bastion, go ahead and explain how this isn't free bullshit. <laughs> um, well, um, fuck. I mean, I will say Jade was introduced as a furry, like in act three, when she was introduced, like there was the whole furry thing, which gets referenced again in this section Mm -hmm. uh, in WV's dream. But also it's, it's time to note the Wizard of Oz bits in Homestuck with Jade. So currently Jade was introduced as a girl who had an association with the color blue and had a dog. We then met Jade's robot self. We also have a like stitched up version of Jade that's been hanging out in her attic for a while. And now we have a version of Jade that is partially an animal and also also very distraught. Uh So watch for Wizard of Oz stuff with Jade. Which like I would say, you know, Jade Sprite's (laughs) a little bit more um, Tin Man with the like cowardly than the cowardly I mean, I, like, I don't even know that, like, Jade Sprite's, like, I, I that character. Visually, just, like, it's there. Visually, it's there. But, like, in dialogue, Jade's just sad, which is more of a Tin Man thing. She's got the heart. I don't think yeah. so. Wasn't the whole thing with Tin Man was that he couldn't feel emotions, which is why he wanted a heart? Yeah. Yes. But that was actually not true. <laughs> like, the Tin he Man had, it the whole time. had, had oh, the emotions sure, inside sure. him the whole time. Jade Sprite's... In, in a like text that mirrors Doc Scratch when he was mad about like Riska having the cue ball, she's like, what have you done? Uh, and the cue ball shaped lab at the top of this tower falls. Um, Hussey notes that this was a January 1st, 2011 update because the ball is dropping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Boo. Lab eh. drop. Yeah. And while this happens... Uh, from the moment of the critical moment 
like the seven most seconds important before. character in Homestuck it's... ponders the miracle of a new beginning. <laughs> it's Gamzee. The, it's the Gamzee. most important character in Homestuck is Gamzee. We only see a close-up of his, of his face with like his blood smeared across his face. Yeah, first we see the computer he's looking at, which has the, the, the tower, which oh, in, yeah. bl- in blood, a smiley face has been drawn around it to make the circle of the tower the he's nose. He's used it as the yeah. nose of a clown face, yeah. Yeah, and then we like cut to the like super close-up of him where he's uh, splattered in blood and smiling, and it's like, ah, no. Hussy in the commentary once again says... No one saw Gamzee's turn coming. It was explicitly there. Dun dun. Like, as much as it's lampshaded in the story, no one saw it coming. I don't know how much it's actually lampshaded in the story. <laughs> That's fair. Throw yeah, some there, shade there at There us. were a couple of moments. I mean, j- I, I love you. We already talked it's, about this in the yeah. episode that went up yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the hero mode, and it's this. Mm-hmm. Now, does the story ever before this call Gamzee the most important character in Homestuck? No. So that's a joke. Yeah. Well, because I remember you guys saying that to me, being like, it's the most important character. And I was like, oh, haha, very funny. Yeah. But so that I couldn't remember if that was actually a thing that got said about him early on. The story has not said that. First off, there are layers to this statement. We're only engaging with the top layer right now. The top layer is, oh, this is the funny clown stoner who's just been high the whole time. Of course he's like the most important character. Like, duh. That's because he's done nothing to this point. Like, that's the joke. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah, pretty sure explicitly when he got introduced in the episode, you guys were like, we need characters that don't matter. Yeah. And here's Gamzee. And I was like, oh, yeah, here's Gamzee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's the most important character. Uh, Sometimes Sam is a liar on purpose. <laughs> Generally, I feel like lying is intentional. Otherwise, it's just making a mistake. Question. Mark? I know. I know. What way to uh, start off the new year better than uh, a hussy interlude? Yeah. Motherfucking miracles. Mm-hmm. And some redecorating. Um, I actually like this one. I really do like this one, I this think. This one was kind of fun. Well, we get more with, like, this one feels like it matters a little more than some of the other ones. Yeah. That have been a little more doofy, fucking never-ending story nonsense. This one actually has, like, shit in it that's like, oh, wait, hold on, this is relevant. Yeah, so we see uh, through the fourth wall, Hussey, once again in Andrew Carnegie's study, which has now been painted green. Mostly uh, by Miss Paint, who is uh, the one of the prospectins that was with uh, the White Queen in the kids session. She's now like here wearing snowman's dress. Hussey is wearing a green felt suit and he's literally introduced wearing the Cairo overcoat, which we saw way back in the intermission is Lord English's coat. Well, because the, the transition into this section is Lord English reveal yourself. And then it cuts to Andrew Hussey wearing the fucking coat. Yeah, in the in the author's commentary, Hussey talks about like, yeah, this this interlude is me assuring everyone that like it's not going to be a the author was the villain all along because quite literally the character of the author cannot fit into the coat of the big right like it's a mm. heaping giant thing like it, the it author can't fill his shoes. 
but also like this happens because the like who is lord english question has been picking up steam which means it's time for hussy to waltz into the story and fuck with you a little bit on that subject Hmm. um hussy here's very clearly like building their own version of the felt they've got that cow puppet once again they're like little cow why aren't you wearing that coat and rotating all these pool balls as your eyes like maybe lil cow's lord english (laughs) like like that's what this is it's fucking with like it's all the like anyone maybe i'm lord english right like i don't know like how meta are we gonna get well that's the thing too right like it's literally also putting the Huzzy character in the same level as the felt and all the things that happened from the intermission. Mm. And so we're getting already a sense of Lord English as a meta character because we know the villains are meta level, Close right? To the surface but of the narrative. but yeah, also, yeah. and like, this is also in a way like the author descending towards the story. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. like this is the most Hussey has engaged with Homestuck right. like yeah. in like, the story itself he literally has Doc Scratch's typewriter here mm-hmm. and the the green paint is a la Doc Scratch's office yeah and that too then brings Doc Scratch to that meta level of like Doc Scratch is a villain here he is on this level because uh, Hussey deigns to grant the reader with a third recap here um, this is our final recap, and honestly, it's the most helpful one of the three um, because it goes through events from characters' perspectives because that's literally the only th- way you can at this point. So we see all the events from Karkat's perspective that happened with the trolls, and then we see events from each of the kids' perspectives. It's a nice recap. It's good. It's all in white text because it's literally using Doc Scratch's typewriter, uh, and then at the end... At the end of the recap, the text turns back into black and Hussey's like, oh, no, it ran out of ink, which, like, typewriters don't have ink. I don't know. Typewriters have ink. Hussey's wrong in the author's commentary when they're like, typewriters Typewriters don't have ink. Typewriters don't have white ink, but, you know, they have ink. Well, they could if you put white ink on the typewriter. Yeah, well, typewriters use an ink ribbon. white ink wouldn't run out into black. Right. Right. Yes, that that wouldn't happen. And I don't think Black ink would run out into not making any marks yeah true true but like did they i don't think they manufactured white ink ribbons like that would i don't, I don't know why would thing. you I, yeah, yeah i don't know why you would but maybe i don't know, I don't um, know. also did, before we get too far we should note hussey's felt suit has an eight ball on it which is a symbol for our other favorite meta villain oh snowman, snowman. Ben Scott the Scratch. Oh, I was it. thinking Vriska. Oh, Vriska. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, Vriska is more meta than Snowman, honestly. When was the last time we even saw Snowman? Well, oh, last episode. She dis- okay, never Like mind. literally, yeah. the last episode. She doesn't do much. But she, she mostly do just anything. disappeared. She she vanished. Is what happened. Like we watch her fade away. Just like her importance. <laughs> I, I do want to read a bit of this Hussey note here on, once again, the Lord English Hussey thing, because it is very interesting. And honestly, I'll probably use bits and pieces of this again, right? Lord English arguably is Hussey, but detached from the literal Andrew Hussey persona by several layers of symbolism and exaggerated shithead in-story avatar composites to create the ultimate anti-narrative, anti-reader, anti-homestuck monstrosity, implacable and invincible. But right now, this this bit just reads as self-insert buffoonery. Generally, you know, like, uh, 
it it takes some of the heat off of the like who is Lord English question, right? Like, mm, yeah, so it imagine, makes it a bit of a joke rather than like yeah, a serious imagine question. Imagine if uh, prior to Game of Thrones, the ending, which disappointed a whole bunch of people, the creators were like, imagine if we did this outcome. Imagine if we did this outcome. Imagine if we did these outcomes. These are all stupid outcomes, but we could do any of them. That would kind of prime people to be like, okay, maybe one of these happens. Maybe the ending's not going to no, be completely satisfying, which to be fair, the ending of Game of Thrones could have been satisfying. They were just not great at writing. Oh it. no, they sucked. Um, yeah, no. <clears throat> but but this, the point this, here is like the Game this of Thrones takes some of the was heat. perfect because it was an immediate off ramp from cultural relevance. Like <laughs> that's true. That's kind of like Homestuck's ending. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, Homestuck. Uh, we'll get there. Oh. Homestuck doesn't. We'll have talk about Homestuck's ending. ending. Had a I was going to say, off-ramp. was Homestuck culturally relevant? <laughs> In the grand scheme, <laughs> yeah, right. Anyways, but right, like the the point here, Hussey literally can't fill the coat of Lord English here. Um, Hussey then puts the coat over the fourth wall so that the characters just see a blue screen of death on the thing because the inside of the Cairo overcoat gives off like a soft blue glow. So they won't think twice about interacting. It's also, right, Hussey in this is literally reassuring readers like, hey, I'm not physically going to interact with the characters. Wortman talks about how Hussey is drawing a line here saying like, yeah, I mean, I'm stupid and crazy as an author, but I'm not going to run through this world. I've created like a bull in a china shop, right? Like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. like Hussey is like reinforcing a severely weakened fourth wall. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally, yes. and figuratively, it's and like, they're okay. not reinforcing it with what? No, but yeah, like, um, well, it's a little bit later, but when Jade turns off the fourth wall, Wortman is like, "This is a rare display of restraint from Hussey because Hussey likes to test those like boundaries, and it's better in this case that they've pulled back." Yeah. It's not the right moment for Andrew Hussey to enter the story. From here, we go back to the Jades. Uh, Jade Sprite is very distraught at being resurrected. Um, this is a weird thing where they like both have memories of being on Prospect, but like as soon as Jade Sprite died, or Jade's dream self died, she became her own entity in the afterlife uh, and really enjoyed hanging out with her friends for a while until she was resurrected. Isn't there a Buffy arc that's like this? Yes. Yes, there is a Buffy arc where they they think that Buffy Buffy's soul got taken to hell, and so they resurrect her, and she doesn't tell them for multiple episodes that she was actually in heaven because she doesn't want them to feel bad, but then she kind of like gets mad at them. It's actually in the musical episode where she reveals, I was in heaven and you brought me back. Ah, uh, Okay. That's that must be why I remember it because the musical yeah, yeah, episode yeah. is the, the one of the it's better the ones. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> uh, my notes here say, "Hey, actually, is this a good thing? Because maybe prototyping Jade gave Jack depression." <laughs> uh, I mean, that's yeah, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's a good joke. That's... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Woof, literally, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, ooh, yeah. Stop dabbing. 
I will never <laughs> stop. You can't make me. But yeah, this whole conversation is, it's a lot. It's very this difficult. This conversation is kind of like, I mean, it's weird though, because it's like Jade trying to cheer herself up. And it is partially the like, we are the same person. Like she gets into this with Carquette in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like reading this conversation to me kind of made me feel sort of like how it is to be an adult sometimes where like, yeah, I do want to just cry a whole lot of the time. But like I have to like give that internal monologue of like, hey, stop. You can't do that right now. Hold up. You got to pay taxes. You got to pay my taxes. <laughs> oh, my taxes. It It gives me the vibe of obviously things aren't great in the world right now there's a lot of really horrible shit that is happening around and i i understand that but i also find a lot of people who just get so overwhelmingly distraught and they just get so wrapped up in the sadness and how horrible everything is and how bad it is and jade is like i'm trying to make moves to to get things slightly fixed here i need you to stop crying like i yes it's sad things sucked but like we need to do action now yeah like that that was kind of go fight jack yeah so yeah that that was the vibe this this had for me it's a difficult conversation (laughs) yeah and you know it's a difficult conversation because it parallels Another difficult conversation, which is the end of this is a direct like copy and paste from the uh, Dave Calsprite conversation, except instead of laughing, it is crying. That's it. We've got both masks of the, the theater. Oh. The, the comedy is over. It's time for tragedy now. Sure is, uh, baby. But also the visuals are paralleling uh, separate events, which is uh, Jade is slapping uh, Jade Sprite in the manner yes. reminiscent of um, John falling John. from Aradia. Well, her slapping and John, and also Aradia bot slapping Equius, which yeah. is then uh, further reinforced in the next panel, where she's like holding her by like the scruff and like shaking her. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Homestuck just reuses visual iconography a whole lot. A whole lot. Because it's easier to just like trace over panels when you need to crank <laughs> them out. But also it does then imply the next part of that scene, which is weird. Which is the kissing. Yeah. And then when we cut to Carcat, uh, that's what he's thinking about. Carcat's like, oh, I've seen this before. And Carcat's also like, the fucking... We just I've had seen this, this conversation. Before. Yeah, yeah. You fucking yeah. hypocrite. Yeah, he's act- he's displaying an impressive amount of restraint for Carcat. For Carcat being the key words here, um, where like he actually like tries to listen to Jade and her frustration with everything, and like wants to hear how things are going. Partially because the way she's talking is going to eventually prove his point of like, hey, maybe you were a little rude. <laughs> but like, also he he is genuinely like, you know, helping her talk through some shit. He, he's being a little bit of a prick about it, just being like, hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> so, you know. 
Yeah. Karka apologizes for his past yes. self, but like misses the point because he's like, I'm sorry for the things that me from a half hour ago did. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's doing it in such a way that's like, yeah, I apologize for my past self, who is also most, like, me. Asshole way to apologize. But like, yeah, it, it he does it in a way that's a little bit scapegoaty, and Jade even calls him out about it a little bit. Jade, Jade but... coaches him into the, just something approaching a yeah. proper apology. Yeah. He's like, no, okay, try again. <laughs> try again. Try again. <laughs> sure, I'll take that. It's progress. Yeah, Close right. Enough. Just, it's as good as it's going to get for right now. That was worded funnily enough that the humor has made up for the lack of true sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carcat tells Jade things to do from her future self because future Jade apparently is like, yeah, I'm not fucking with memos after the whole double Carcat debacle. Which, which good like, for her. <laughs> good for her. Valid. To... A good line to set. Yeah. So yeah, she she's telling Carcat to tell her to turn the fenestrated window off, which is interesting. Yep. So she does that, and then she sets about. It's weird because Carcat's like, yeah, you know, I thought like the scratch was just you guys exiling Jack from your session, but it turns out it does other things, which is the first we've heard of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more like meat to this conversation that we haven't talked about, but that I'm maybe not getting. It's just, it's a good Homestuck conversation, right? Like this is a conversation is. that would only happen in Homestuck and it is good at like being a conversation indicative of things that happen in yes. Homestuck. It's it's difficult to distill it down to a thesis because of Carcat mostly. Yeah. Well, but, but also, like if like, someone's like, give me a page yeah. of dialogue that is Homestuck, you give them like this page. Very this, yeah. Honestly, you probably give them a Dave Rezzy page with the cool drawings, but like this is a pretty but good also, one too. This is also a good one, yeah. Yeah, like, and this is like a moment of character growth for Carcat where he's like, yeah, yeah, like he apologizes, but he's also like, I recognize that you were right. We are the same person. I'm not as much of a scumbag as I make myself out to be, and I should start acting like it. Yep. And also, I'm going to be a bit of a shithead, but it's fine. <laughs> Well, Carcat's always a bit of a shithead. I yeah. am still it. kind of a shithead, but I'm not <laughs> as much of a shithead as I was acting like, and exactly. I'm sorry. I like it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? Growth. It's growth. That doesn't mean I'm good now. It just means no. I'm less bad. <laughs> it's progress. And for Carcat, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> yeah. From there, we go to the Exiles. But, oh, but Bash, you want to should, say a thing? We should go back to the last Jade page because oh, sure. that is uh, the actual turning off of the fourth wall. And that is right. like the most meta we've gotten so far because we get the line of narration. You suddenly wonder where Jade Sprite went. You wonder that because I say you did. I know where she went, but I will not say. Not that you can hear a word I'm saying. The coat's too thick. Mm. Which is like... I don't know. I still think the most meta we got was when we, the reader, nearly uh, committed suicide on the. Yes. Okay. In the this land is of the stuff second and most meta. <laughs> and then this, the the whole screen just like, just shuts down like an old yep. TV. Shuts down. And we cut which to a different shut off very screen. nicely to WV's shut off screen, which is another kind of fourth wall. Yeah. Right. Uh, so WV 
having nothing better to do, builds a, a fort. Made a blanket fort like, like I forts, did when I was in quarantine. Out of metal paneling, which like begs the question, if he can rip How this shit off of the walls. How strong is WV? Like, Yo, it, it's the same shit WV on the outside. Ripped. WV, just rip your way through. The WV was shredded. <laughs> WV is shredded. He's the hero of the people. What do you want? I mean, you know, I love that. He's got a lead-lined stomach because he's got that uranium in him. He, he did have, eat uranium. He did eat a so. chunk of uranium. Can WV, open tin cans with of? his bare hands. He's got he just bare has a... hands. I want bare hands. <laughs> I promise this isn't furry bullshit. <laughs> WB, wear bear confirmed. <laughs> yes. However, unlike Problem Sleuth, well, we don't see what happens when WV dreams yet. Uh, Serenity leaves the station and flies out and tries to communicate with uh, the, the sorry, the Prospitan Monarch and uh, Windswept Questant. I'm forgetting what her new title is. But uh, they're talking about like kingdom plan. They're doing city planning. They're doing city planning, yeah. Basically, the the White Queen tells PM that the goal here is that they need to destroy all the exile stations, but also they need to wait for the fifth exile to show up, who we see is the White King. Yeah. Uh, he's in the Lotus Time Capsule in the uh, Frog Temple, because remember that time capsule's there. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's reading the complacency. He's reading of the complacency of the learned because he's the, the rich keeper. keeper. It's very good. I can't imagine being trapped in a time capsule with a thirteen-year-old's fan fiction. It's not fan fiction. It's, it's original fiction. fiction. <laughs> That's original. Do you think Rose Still. would stoop to the level of fan fiction? Okay, fuck you. Step one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, my point remains. One hundred percent chance. Rose has written Lovecraft fan fiction. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> but also they need to go somewhere else to build the kingdom? Question mark? Unclear. This Unclear. We then get a page of Serenity the Firefly trying to communicate with these people. And this is perhaps the most annoying Morse code because it's all on the panel. So you can't copy and paste it into a morse code translator that's what a wiki's for translation provided by Wortman is help my friend is stuck inside the big can inside a small house he built you must hurry he's not very bright and doesn't understand it when i blink are you watching me oh no don't blink me you don't understand blinking either how do you people even exchange ideas without luminous rear ends we also get a we we get a panel in the kingdom planning uh again uh where the windset question is saying you need to appoint a wastelandic vindicator, uh, a hero, a warrior yes. selected and groomed to face the slayer with the weapon he protects. Again, we're like, WV's going to put on the ring. Is he going to put it on the ring? Is he going to put it on the ring? Or is he going to get blown up? AR is like, oh, yeah, I can do things with explosives. That'll distract me from the giant yeah. back head that's around. <laughs> AR is like, oh, damn, you need me to blow shit up? Fucking can yes, because do. AR is now the armaments nah, regent. Can do. Oh, that's good. <sighs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> How do I keep walking uh, into these? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. With your legs. Uh, <laughs> like a fucking... You just say them. I just point them out with my finger guns. Like all these fucking stairs, bro. We warned you about them. <laughs> told you, dog. Anyways. <laughs> and then... Uh, wv dreams 
And unlike in Problem Sleuth, when you dream in a fort, he does not appear in an imaginary world that is like the same world, but slightly different. He instead actually dreams. And I really love this art style. Uh, And he's dreaming about being the mayor and all the mayorly duties. And Jack is coming to kill him. Uh, And the text on this page is in Morse code. It is, however, copy-pastable. But uh, you don't need to do that because I can tell you it is all lifted straight from the furry bit from Jade's introduction. It's like, how wonderful would it be to, you know... What a daring dream to combine the finest qualities of humanity with the elegance and nobility of the animal kingdom. How you wish you could know their world. To hear one night those muted paw pads traipse up your stairs, a low but friendly growl unsettles your slumber. As the soper seeps from your eyes, they detect a sharp pair of ears cutting moonlight. A mysterious woven tongue invites, wouldn't these ears suit you? Would not this proud long snout assist you on the hunt? And as those last two lines are happen, uh, WV gets ears and then the long wolf snout and mm-hmm. it's, and it's really sword. cool. Yeah, and then one, after those ends, then he just, like, the rest of the prototyping happens, and it's 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 really cool. And then WV uh, has a nightmare about unleashing the Red Miles on his fellow soldiers. WV, for all his electionist mayoral faith in the system, is more of an anarchist than he appears to be, because WV has fucking trauma around the tools of the nobility and does not want to wield the power that has been wielded against him. Fuck yeah, dude. Trauma. Trauma. This is the trauma section. Also, WV based. Continuing. <laughs> WV, WV based. is based. WV has always been based, except for when the democracy was just monarchy. But with, let me say no, that again. Right. PM we're has always been on, based. We're all on a learning journey. Once again, true hero of the American people. We should let the, the postal, postal workers work. run the country. Mm, it's true. Uh, and then Riska shows up in WV's dream and is like, hey, bug off. Killing Jack is my, <laughs> my whole deal. Bug off. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one I intentionally said and wasn't going to draw notice to. She's late. like a little fairy in this thing. She, she's like, yeah, bug she's off, Jack's bug. mine to kill. Don't worry about it, I got this. You should wake up now. Fuck you. And then we get the command. Wake. And we get page 3297. S. Wake. It's a flash page with animation. Um, and I'm just wondering, hey, can anyone name this song for me? I'm not sure I recognize it. Like... Uh, I believe it's Fortuna. I would watch that flash animation. It could work with this one. Hell yeah. Probably, it actually, actually could work with this yeah. one very well. It's in the Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> also maybe could work with this one. It's I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Chance the Rapper cover oh, of the Arthur theme song. I guess I have to do everything myself. Yeah, come on, music man. Dance for us. (laughs) Song in this flash is Toby Fox's Megalovania. I think it's Homestuck Volume 6. Honestly, I like this. I like this Megalovania probably the most. Probably more than the Undertale one. It's got nice electric guitar. It's got good. I love the electric guitar. It brings it, it makes it more gritty. <clears throat> Which is good because a lot of people are about to die. Yeah. So we see Durst's destruction at the four hour and 13 minute mark. Uh, 
Jack destroyed the troll's durse, killing Feferi and Nepeta's dream selves, who were, remember, they were asleep and dreaming of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the green fire burns and destroys Durse and Durse's moon, and deep, deep within a crypt, within the planet of Durse, we see Aradia's dream self on a quest bed. Dun dun. Which we were led to uh, believe didn't exist believe to this that point. Aradia didn't have a dream self. Um, yeah. As the fire burns, she dies on this quest bed and ascends, which explodes Aradia bot, uh, and Aradia goes god tier. And the first thing she does after she is back alive is she smiles. Aradia will not stop smiling for the rest of this story. Good for her. And I love it. I don't super like Aradia as like she's not up there with my favorite character, but I love the detail of you have a character who's dead from the time they're introduced, and the first thing they do after they come back alive is smile, and they will not stop smiling. Right? Like it's nice. It's you a go, good baby. Eat. It's what you deserve. Jack tries to kill her. She uses time powers to yeah, fucking she, she stop him. Yeah, she does the timey him. thing, which yeah. we know works from the Flash where we used the uh, Fear No Anvil to stop the, the, oh, yeah. uh, the uranium imp. So we know yeah. time powers can freeze even this superpowered jack. There you go. And then uh, we see that the time clock uh, is shown on Aradia's time symbol. Oh, we get the symbol for time now. Have we had the symbol for time already? I don't remember. It's like a circle with eight little things coming off of it. It's kind of like an egg timer. It's a gear. Yeah. Isn't it? It's a, it's a gear. gear. It's a gear. Yeah. That's true. I feel like we've seen that with Dave. Oh yeah, it was on but I think it was on a thing on his planet. Oh, it's on it's on Dave's quest bed. It's on Dave's oh, quest yeah, bed. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Screwed that one up. So yeah. We've seen yeah, if we've seen it. Uh the time symbol on Aradia's shirt turns into Vriska's light symbol on her shirt. And at three hours and fourteen minutes. Vriska takes off into the air to go find Tavros. They taunt each other, and uh, Tavros does a bull rush towards Vriska with his lance outstretched. She smiles, smacks his face, grabs the lance from him, and stabs him through the chest with it. It looked like she did the opposite, where she frowns. Like, she's a little surprised by this. Well, I think she probably thinks he didn't have the gumption to go through with it. Probably. But yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, she slaps him and then she stabs him and then she throws him. Uh, she waves and though there's no text on this page, you know she's saying adios, Toreador. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then roughly a half hour later at uh, uh, two hours and 41 minutes, uh, Tavros's body lands uh, near where Terezi is hiding and we get the dead sound effect and tag um and i want to talk about this too because the dead tag is important because this is a comic and one of the main rules of comic is if you think a person is dead you don't trust it unless you see a body and even then they might come back to life you know today and the big thing that left off we saw a burned magneto helmet i'm telling you right now magneto is not dead he's gonna come back (laughs) in the maximum two months He's too big a character. You can't kill Magneto. 
He's, he's too, too cool. cool. But in Homestuck, when it, he's too based, Magneto is. What based. happens when they try to kill Superman? We got four more Supermans. It's true. <laughs> uh, but in Homestuck, when a character is dead, they get the dead tag. Yep. And that is one of the things I actually like about Homestuck and the way it deals with dead characters. <laughs> it lets you. It fucking lets know. you know they are dead. It's not reverent about it. It's oh, absolutely not. not. And oh, we'll no. get into the irreverence Homestuck has for death in the future. But yeah, there's no kindness in death, but there is a certainty in it. Yes. When was there ever kindness in regards to Tavros in this entire fucking thing? Like, absolutely not. Of course not. No. And this death is, oof, it's rough. Like right. when he hits the ground, his his, his rope, one of his robo legs breaks off. He his eyes are in different directions. His limbs are all bent in fucked up ways. Like Which it's we uh, we we do see that uh, Equius has not stopped including uh, blood, blood in his in robotics, the robot. Which, like, yeah, yeah. Equius, why? Man. At least it's not Equius's blood this time. But like still, yeah, that would have been. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been weirder. <laughs> Like, you don't need <laughs> to do that. <laughs> no, no, it is not important. Um, but yeah, so um, one of the things that Wertman talks about in the analysis of this scene is like, well, I think it's actually quoting one of Hussey's Formspring yeah. uh, interviews is like, we could have just had Trolls the sitcom where everything stays status quo and nothing really changes, and they all have wacky adventures together. But that's not consistent with the characters, and it doesn't serve the plot, right? Yeah. So we have to have this progression because Tavros is becoming a major character. Like, Tavros is making hero moves. Yeah. Vriska wants all of the spotlight that she can get for herself. She is not going to tolerate that. And what's more, Tavros has realized that what is stopping him is mostly Vriska. And so he has to get out from under her or die trying. And unfortunately for Tavros and Homestuck, die trying is very much an option. Very much an option, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There's also... I will say Homestuck does bait and switches a few times. And I don't think that the Aradia has an actual dream self is the best executed one because you can put together like, okay, we know robot cells explode when like dream selves die. We've seen that. And like we've known Aradia bot was going to explode for a while, but it's a weird like reveal that, doesn't quite land super like i love like i the the ascension of aradia is great and you know i'm i'm happy she's alive and she smiles and we've talked about that but the like way it's revealed that she has a dream self is a little weird and i don't know how you could it have feels like, like cheating it feels a little bit like cheating because it for the, the aradia dream self specifically there was nothing set up for it Mm-hmm. Even like one um, like setting sideways. it up it being in Durst. Yeah, or like right. you know, like I, if, if there if, had if... been instead of like a blank square in the trolls uh dream self chart, if there had been like a little lock icon or something. Yeah, like, or something indicating like that there was something but it wasn't available or like Yeah. 
or something like um in a conversation for fairy or nepeta or someone being like hey while i was asleep i saw like this weird thing that like mention aradia and that right like something to be like maybe aradia does have some presence on durse as opposed to the like nothing that we thought mm-hmm. i mean aradia like makes sense as a durse character oh yeah right? for sure um, like the the active the like destructive tendencies yes. the connection to death the connection to like the forces beyond and right? she's on the blue team like that is the durse team of the troll session mm-hmm. but in terms of having a dream self it's a little out of the oh. blue team nah. yeah final thoughts i want a comeuppance for Riska eventually. I don't know how long it will be or if it will even happen. But, like, the, the, the thing about especially her kind of manipulator, at least in a traditional sense, is eventually you run out of people because people get wise to your shit and they don't listen to you anymore. And literally with, like, her situation, eventually you run out of people. Like, there are only so many trolls left, and, like, the kid, there's only four of the kids, and they're doing, and so, like, I don't know. And there are also trolls who want, who are wise to Vriska, too, right? Like, and there there mm -hmm. are. Tavros' body just landed by Terezi. What do you think Terezi's gonna do? Oh, yeah. Which is. We already know Karkat's like, oh, no, you're a huge bitch. I don't want anything to do. Right? Like, there have yeah, been things yeah. seated, especially with Terezi, there have been things seated especially, to be like. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've talked about Terezi feels like Vriska is her responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want comeuppance. God damn it. But yeah. if, in order for comeuppance to happen, that mean that Vriska did something wrong. And as we all know, the <laughs> narrative will supply reasons for Vriska to always yeah. be right sure mm-hmm. because even this right it's in character and it's justified yeah. in universe. i don't feel the need to talk about this one specifically because riska talks about it later on with other characters um so we'll get into it then uh but yeah there are you know there is narrative justification for riska as sure. there always there, is there always is yeah which is he came at her he came at her. Tavros started it. He had a big target on his chest. What, am I supposed to just not kill him? Just step out of the way. I he would have run off the cliff. I'm just very frustrated with yeah. her especially. And oh, her, yeah. her place in the narrative is is just always so self-aggrandizing. And it's just frustrating. Yeah. So, meh. She's a great character, though. I guess. <laughs> From a character perspective, it's great. Sure. But also, it's exhausting. Sure is. Mm-hmm. We get a break from that mostly, though. Yeah. Uh, next time, when we will be reading pages 3301 through 3437, next time we talk a bit about frogs, Aridin makes some moves. And we let the bodies hit the floor, baby. <laughs> Bastion wanted to title these three episodes. First one, let the bodies hit the floor, all lower caps. Second one, let the bodies hit the floor, all caps. Third one, let the bodies hit the floor, Gamzee caps. 
Um, and I vetoed that idea, but I still Ugh. think it's funny, which is why I'm mentioning it now. It is a there's very good so idea. many good. I don't think I'm going to title this up this this one the Jade episode, but like there are so many good like alternate titles we have for these next few episodes. Hell yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, there's an episode. You can find us on social media at Serious Business Pod on Tumblr. Serious Buzzbot on Twitter. You can find Ari on TikTok at Ghost in the Bathroom and on YouTube at Uncanny Productions. Um, Guys, why haven't I been linking all our socials in the dis- episode descriptions this whole time? Wow. <laughs> because this is fun. We're having fun here. The next episode should go up on September 13th. Man, I get nervous about calling these shots. Uh, did we already do page numbers for the next episode? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well then, listeners, hit next. <laughs>